Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do. No, we don't. A donkey eat and a donkey eat a palace. <laughs> <laughs> He was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, built. But I burst out laughing watching him. <laughs> so it's just me and you today, Paddy. Um, Connell had to pull out last night. He had a thing in work and I'm very surprised because like, he obviously predicted the dubs to beat Galway, which none of us did. And there's a kind of a saying about a stop clock being right uh, when once a day. Is that right, Paddy? <laughs> Twice a day, I think. Twice. The 24-hour time. And a night, yeah. Night time too, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought he'd be here to sort into us, especially, yeah, the, you know, being from Tip now, at least we can we can, we can can actually give Tip some bit of praise now after the Clare win. But I think if Con was here, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, we definitely would. We'll talk about Tip in a while because Tip have been completely overshadowed by the whole controversy around the penalty. But I want to give a huge shout out to Kildare under-20s. Um, Paddy beat Wexford the other night. Now, we'd, anybody listening would probably have seen this by now. Like, I mean, it's incredible considering Wexford were minor champions in 2019. This was no weak Wexford team. And Kildare were leading the whole way through and, Wexford, and they went down to 13 men. Wexford got a penalty in injury time and then got a point to go a point up. Now, surely Kildare are going to drop their heads then and say, it's not our day. Oh, that's exactly what you would think. And... That's what usually happens, you know, when the underdog, they're all the way through, all the way through, they're, they're nosing ahead and doing everything they can. And then if if, if the favourite gets on top at all, especially at underage level, like these are kids, like essentially, um, and you're asking them to have the experience to have that mental strength. So I think that's unbelievable. Probably a lot goes down to management as well. Like they must have a very, very good um, kind of, you know, pillar there in place uh, with their mental strength. So that was unbelievable to come back and, Unbelievable free at the end, like that is uh, class. But no one giving out about how far the slitter travelled for that. (laughs) No, and it was a free. It was Liam Dempsey, but then he got the winner from play, which was an incredible point off his left hand side, Mm. um, just under the stand. So it was fantastic stuff. And apparently, I was reading twelve of that team are underage next year. So maybe Kildare are coming with a really good underage team, you know, and they can maybe make that kind of step into the Joe McDonough and 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 further up 
again then they're minors I was all about uh, go Kildare and I even set up the lilies on Twitter I nearly had to you know have a shower after doing it and then they're minors I was on the kind of lily bandwagon and their minors beat our minors last night and I'm back to I'm back to normal kind of thinking now yeah, when it hits her own, when it hits her own front door, you're not as uh, chirpy about it. But yeah, look, hey, it's unbelievable signs. But I suppose if you were listening, I think David Harry is over him or Harry is over him. Like if you're listening there for the last couple of years, it's going well at senior level. Uh, they're competing really well, and that is important. Okay, you do get the underage structures right, but they still have to kind of look up to somebody yeah. at the senior ranks and say, "Geez, there's something to get there." If you think about Anthony Daly going in um, and what he gave to Dublin seniors and he put them at the top table I think then you really get young as and say hey well then I can I can actually compete at the top I can be playing against you know the Limericks of this world the Corks of this world and like what a shot in the arm that is for Kildare Hurling and you do need if you want to make a difference at senior level you do need a little crop and you need that special group to come along and at least get you up there and hold you there for a little while at the top and then you'd be hoping the minors after beating Leash maybe they'll come up and join them. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kildare are in the Joe McDonough Cup, of course. We have Tommy Doyle coming up in part two. They're playing Westmead um, this weekend. So the next step for Kildare is to get into the Leinster Championship. And maybe with these young lads, um, they might be able to do that. Disappointing with the Leash Miners, actually. Derek McGrath has been training them for the last two years. And they got hammered last year by a fancied, they were a really fancy team, Leash were. They got hammered by Offaly, which was a huge disappointment. And now they've lost against Kildare. So I don't really know what to think, uh, what really to think about that. Um, the referees are meeting today, Paddy, and they're in agreement that uh, James Owens was wrong and it's not going to come as any kind of surprise. Um, they're going to review the the different incidents for the penalties, which was Caelum Lyons on, um, which was, um, sorry, Shane Fives foul on Aaron Shanaher mm. And it was Peter Casey on Connor uh, Cahillan. And then it was the yeah. obvious one of McCarthy on on Morris then in Turles. Like, I mean... And Owen Murphy's one as well, even though that wasn't... Yeah, well, that's the one that reg- yeah, that's the one that's not controversial or anything mm. like that. So, like, I mean, uh, we know it was wrong. There's probably not too much to say about it, Paddy, other than the fact it's completely overshadowed, you know, a Tipperary win... Tipperary, good chance they would have won anyway. But now you know everybody's saying you know the the you know Clare were robbed and it was a complete injustice. Well, they might tip might have won. I'm not one of the ones to say ah tip were going well anyway. They were going to win. I do think tip tip were slightly the better team in the first half and unlucky to go in. Um, whatever it was, a point down or two points down. But uh, at the time they were down two points. Maybe they would have free got a free for a score. Um, if that wasn't given a penalty, but by the end of the man, and and the biggest thing was um, getting a player sinbind. Like, yeah. That was ten minutes. By the time they came back, that was an eight point swing. So they lost by four at the end. Now look, the game could have gone anyway. You know, Tipper kind of little bit in in kind of you know free free flow in, in in near the end after the second water break. The game was. I'd say they felt the game was over. The game was over. Closer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they were kind of just, you know, keeping them out, uh, trying to. But um, I don't know. Tip, tip looked okay to me. They look good. It's good that they're under the radar. Um, they came into it under the radar, and thankfully they stayed that way. But the, the 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 incident for the penalty, like the only thing I want to say is the rule itself. I told you at the start when this came in, you're giving the referees too much to do. Yeah, they, asking them to read the play, they're not a hurler for a reason. They're not brilliant at reading the play. Most of them. Some of them are excellent at it. I even say our own lad, Fergal Horgan, is very good, but he's played at a high level. They're not brilliant. So he felt that was a goal-scoring opportunity when 
it's very, very obvious it wasn't yet a goal-scoring opportunity. But I would say they needed to change it. It should be any cynical foul when you're bearing that. When, if you're attacking the goals, if you're attacking the goals, doesn't matter if there's last man back, doesn't matter if there's a goal-scoring opportunity. If you're attacking the goals um, and you're on your way and somebody fouls you cynically, that should be whatever a penalty or whatever punishment you want. That should be for me, and that's that's where they've gone wrong with it. They've made too many little uh, loopholes in it, and of course made a mess of it again. Well, well Cahalan was bearing down on goals. Now, would you have had Casey, or does it have to be a very obvious, a very obvious one? Like, I mean, for me, Casey just kind of ran across him there. I wouldn't have said that that was one. It has to be basically if you combine the McCarthy foul with the Casey, you know, position on the pitch. There you go. There's a there's yeah, your. Baby. And even being honest, yeah, McCarthy, I mean, he dived in with his hurley. Got right, okay. I still took him out, yeah. No problem, but had he a 5% chance of flicking the ball away? I've done it in the past. I've gone in and said, I have a 2% chance of getting the ball, but if I don't, he's going to be stopped. So at the end of the day, he had a chance of getting the ball. You know, this is for all the clear people that think I'm biased. He had a chance of getting the ball. Yeah, but you so have, but you have to be, yeah, but that. you have to be careful. It's like a penalty in soccer. You have a chance to get the ball, but if you don't get it, you take him down. It's you know, it's a, it's True. a. Do you get me? You know, like I mean, I do there, get you. You have but, to be, ca- um, but you have to be careful. A hundred. Well, that's true, and it's careful, careless use of the hurley is what they call it. But how many times have you seen a guy die? I've done it plenty of times. Last ditch tackle in and barely get a scrape on the ball and flick it away. So. That's that. That's the only grey area for me. Yeah, what you would call a cynical foul, but attacking the goals, I actually think it should be. Uh, that should be the punishment. Um, that if you did call that a cynical foul, then the rule should be that 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 kind of thing would be a penalty because you're stopping the danger at all. You know. Yeah, it's weird that they've they've broadened it right out to the sideline. Anyways, like I mean, there's no one scoring that's... from there. That's a bit silly. Now it's it's not easy, really. You know, it's it's unless to put another line on the field halfway down there. You know, it's that would be messy and silly. Bar- Barry Kelly was in the Independent saying it wasn't trialed for long enough, and that's a fair point. It was trialed in a in 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 the league. And the league, as we know now, when you compare it to the championship, like we, we did say it at the time, Paddy, it was, it's water for crystal stuff. Like there's no doubt about that. Yeah, shadow boxing, isn't it? Like, so if you're talking about breaking tackles and hunting and packs, we were saying it's hunting and packs gone. Because um, yeah. I thought it was, I was having nightmares. But obviously we saw it was back over the weekend. So now the incidents of breaking through on goal are way, way up. And sure, how many have we had in two weekends? We had three or four. Um, incidents like this and it's just it is consternation now yeah no it definitely Liam Sheedy said after the game he said in fairness I think we have good defenders overall I thought we managed the game well and we structured ourselves well at time what structure is he talking about a defensive structure yeah well I think he wants throughout his team like I, I've talked about this before and I, I wouldn't hide it like I, I know one of the flaws of the tip team I know Liam has said it isn't but like we wouldn't be the fastest team I don't think like if you think about when, when I used to play Thankfully, we had um, Garod, Ryan, we had uh, Larry Corbin, we had Bonner Martin in the forward line, who were good to chase around. Shane McGrath, James Woodlock midfield, yeah. two more speed, speed merchants. Of course, I was in the back, so you had all your speed covered there. So <laughs> you had an awful lot of fast lads, right? But that, that probably isn't there and hasn't been replaced, which is fine. That's the way it is. So they have to be well-structured because the powers of recovery, if we get opened just from a simple puck out, I think our powers of recovery just aren't as good as other teams. It's fine. So like you could see... We played two on their puck outs. We played two inside. We played two inside. And so they had men out the field. Um, so you saw the full back line get an awful lot of ball. And I'd say he was thinking for the most part they weren't opened up. 
from that position. There wasn't too many runners through the middle. So look, I'd be there is a bit to work on because that did, a couple of times that broke down and malfunctioned. But I'd say overall, you know, Claremont running rings around him. So I think that's the object, and he probably feels they have the good hurlers if they can keep it tight to to affect the game then and get the ball back. Is that with Limerick in mind, really, to let the full-back line get it and and make the pitch further out smaller, so the full-back line will carry it forward? But there's no, you know, there's a lot less space then when they actually want to give mm. a pass. Is that is that is that, like has Liam Sheedy become kind of obsessed with how to? Um, I won't say obsessed, but obviously they've taken two spankings against Limerick, which would really annoy Liam Sheedy. Yeah, I you could say Limerick, like because Limerick are obviously the top team. But I reckon you could talk about Cork in that situation. You could talk about a Wexford in that situation, a Waterford in that situation. That if we follow these, we I say we tip. If tip follow those teams up the up the pitch, and and a good intricate ball is put into space, yeah. then we're we're in trouble. Like that's it's just I've seen it because Cork did it in the Munster Championship a number of times with, with Lahan and, and um Horgan and and Cadigan and you know Tip were badly exposed. So you have to learn from that and uh, I think it's a classic case of these are my best players. Okay, I haven't been able to develop uh, the All Ireland winners under twenty in minor. So I need to play a structure that suits my players. And I think, you know, I think that's 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 the long and the short of it, and I think look, it was it was good the other day, but we'll see is it is it good enough the next day? Yeah, what's with all the wides, Paddy? So, like, I mean, Clare had twenty two against Waterford, Limerick had twenty against Cork. I think there was thirty five in total. Kieran Kingston said Cork missed one eighteen. Um, Galway had eleven in the first half against Dublin. These are the elite teams, mm. you know. Like, I mean. Why do you think that is? Is this just like they had five games warm up in the league? That should have their eye in, right? Mm, yeah, well, look, you know, they all in common. It was their first match of the year, wasn't it? Right. Um, well, so first championship first match, match of the year. Yeah, but come here. That was the, they're different sports. If you look at it now, yeah. it's like a different sport. And add into that now, I suppose another thing I was talking about uh, somebody the other day. It, it was the first time a lot of them had played with a crowd, a proper crowd, in a long, long time. And so if you think about the intensity, and this is why I talk about hurling's a little bit different to other sports, and I don't mean that in the snobby way, it's just like the factual way of that, the fine motor skills involved. It's like golf and soccer. If you're hitting a golf ball and you got marginally wrong, it flies away or it spins away. If you hit a soccer ball wrong, it'll probably go in more or less the same direction it should have. So hurling is the same way. You're running at whatever speed. You have to clip the ball on the right spot for it to go over the bear with a crowd roaring and a lad breathing down your neck. And, and knowing the importance of championship and it's like a, a central nervous system reaction and, and your timing is just a little bit off it's like it's like ring rust in boxing your timing is just a little bit off and look at it, the three or four teams that had the wides it was all their weekend now Tip were probably the only team without that issue this weekend I don't think they had too many wides um, but I think a lot of the Tip players are picked with their you know they, they, that's their speciality I'll say. Yeah, speaking of the crowds, geez, if her, if any game needs crowds, hurling needs crowds, don't they? Like, I mean, the games were a completely different ball game. You know, the physicality was cheered. You know, you you mm. saw it a lot more. Maybe there was a lot more, but I noticed it a lot. I noticed the hits. I noticed the tackles. Just from the, I even noticed the numbers on the show from Monday haven't gone up because mm. people are going to games and now they want to listen yeah. about it. It's it's a yeah. different ball game, isn't it? Uh, it is. It's the ebb and flow, and that's why we don't like the water breaks either, though, because yeah. the drama just goes up and down and up and down in a, in a championship hurling match, and the crowd really gets involved when it's a bad decision. And you see what the the crowd were like at half time towards the ref, and, and or sorry after the match to to James Owens, they're just up and down, and as you say, everything gets cheered. And also, like 
just say I take a short puck out or I get a ball with my back facing the rest of the play in hurling, like you can't relax because in the other sports, in football, you have it. I mean, he has to do an awful lot to take the ball off of your opponent. But in hurling, there could be two lads coming to me, there could be three lads coming to me. I actually don't know. So therefore, we see an awful lot more mistakes. And of course, that brings with it that added drama. So yeah, hopefully now it'll be great to keep even small crowds coming. Like I was at the match Sunday and the atmosphere, I didn't know, you know, there was only a few thousand that, but there could have been 10,000, 15,000 yeah. for all I know. Yeah, even the 8,000. I remember play, watching National League finals and there's 20,000 in Crow Park and you're like this is a waste of time it shouldn't be in Crow Park it should <laughs> yeah, go to a regional yeah, ground instead yeah, of this yeah. waste of time and then there's 8,000 in Crow Park and it sounded like it was full it was unbelievable yeah. how, we, how we bloody shame but uh, Sean Flynn had a piece in the Examiner and he's talking about all these wides and all these shots so shots per match have gone off the charts um, so he, mm. this was after the first weekend of hurling there was 94 shots per match in the Leinster Championship and Clare versus Waterford Munster, there was 84 shots. Now, uh, the, in the 94 shots in the Leinster Championship, it was two one-sided games, Dublin, Antrim, and Leash, and Wexford. But just as a way of comparison, in the drawn All-Ireland final between Clare and Cork, which was an un- unbelievable game, the same as the first one. First one was probably better. It was really open, free-flowing game. There was 69 shots in that. You know, like, I mean, so you're talking about a huge, almost a 50% increase in that. Now, he's making the point that teams could be shooting tactically, right? So if you score, it's great from the shot. If not, we have a chance on the puck out, right? So he has details here. In 2020, Limerick scored 138 off the opposition's puck out and they scored 228 off their own puck out. They're scoring more off the opposition's puck out than they are off their own. So why not just take a shot? If it goes over, that's great. If not, let's nail it. Now, Sean, like, does did Statsman with Tipperary before? Like, is he overthinking this theory, or is the, is the increased shots just kind of, you know, a, a result of teams dropping off and all those other things we've talked about on the show? Yeah, I, I would think it's more of a, a result. Now, <clears throat> there's a couple of factors in it. Um, you shoot from where you're, you have space in hurling or in any field sport. You get your score. You rarely get your score when you're under a lot of pressure. So where's their least bodies now? It seems like you're on 65 meter line. So you're looking up. The other team are sitting back into the pockets of space that your full forward line are in. So am I going to try and pop it into that small window of space? Or I'm actually on my own here. This ball will travel and I'm going to take a pot shot. And obviously the sensible thing is we're well set up going back to it in. So I think that's an awful lot of it. If teams weren't sitting back as much, I think you'd see guys winning the ball around the middle of the field under pressure around the middle of the field and then getting the ball into their full forward line where they know the damage is done. So I think that's it. I also think the other thing is if you're in a forward line and maybe you have the ball and you're running out towards the sideline, if we think of Dan Morrissey or Grod Hegarty, we often see them winning the ball and spinning out to the sideline. Well, there there's probably not a lot of options on if there's guys trailing them. And I think the whole thing is, well, I may as well, I'm accurate, I may as well have a pop here because there's nothing really... On if I turn back, I might be turning back into three opponents, three cart guys. So I think they have the mindset of, yeah, I'm fairly accurate. If it goes over, great. If it doesn't go over, it's gone wide. But we're such animals on the puck out that we think we've a better chance of actually winning back that ball. And if I try to play three or four intricate passes, or heaven forbid, you're turned over in your own forward line, and then you're very, very open going back the other end of the pitch. I, I think that the, obviously what Limerick have scored off the opposition's puckouts is a reflection on how they're able to zonal, zonally mm. uh, mark their half forward line drops towards midfield, or midfield drops towards that. Like, 
and then and then you have the opposition puck out. I've spoken about this on the football show, and I'm completely against short puckouts or short kickouts when there's a press on because it's too risky, mm. and you're just giving it to a fella under pressure, and now he's to work it out the field. And if it goes wrong, there's a good chance that you know it's definitely a score. And I'm like for weaker teams in in football, get it as as far out as you can. At least your backs are in position. You know, you're set up to defend if you lose it. Like, is there a theory against Limerick? I know they have a big half-back line. I know they're good in the air. But you get that ball as far as you can up the field. And don't, like, you know, we obviously analysed the way to demolish Cork and Cork learned a little bit yeah. from that. But is there an argument to say 70% of your puckers, just get them long and try and get it to the ground? Well, I'd have been one watching the Cork game the other day. I actually had to watch it on replay. I missed it. But uh, I watched it there the other night. I was actually—I thought they learned an unbelievable yeah. amount from that first game. They, you have to vary it. Now that's the one thing you have to vary it because um, if you don't, Limerick are going to read it too too well, and they're going to have enough bodies there. And unfortunately, they're bigger than most other teams and and skillful. So right, okay, if 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 they know where it's going, you're in trouble. But I thought they varied it very well. They went to the full back line, but did the full back line didn't try and do too much with it for Cork. They brought their men back and they might have had a pass or two, but they tried to get it up the pitch again, again unlike that first day in the league when they were swallowed up. Yeah. Um, they went to midfield. They did what I was trying to tell them, not tell them, but what I was advocating for on this show last week, which was if you're hitting it long, at least hit it into the space. Even if it's not onto the grass, into space where you can't have Kyle Hayes just taking three or four steps of a run up and, and, and jumping to catch it. The only ball caught clean, I think, was Dermot Burns caught one on Cahillan in the first half. And that was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, and Harnady... Like he just Har- climbed up over it. Yeah, Harnady caught a couple, didn't he? Harnady caught a couple because they weren't allowing Limerick to stand under it. Yeah. So they had lads running left, running right. Now, not too far, because Limerick was still pretty zonal, but they were poking into little pockets of space. And they were and what Cork were doing a few times, they got the bunches of the twos and the trees. So they had maybe two or three, two going up for it and one down to pick up the break. So I actually think they did really well for an awful lot of those puck outs. And if I was actually, if I was a Cork person, this would probably be the most enthused I was with the Cork senior team in a number of years. Yeah, yeah, no, they, uh, they were good. And the times they went to the cornerback is when there was no pressure on them. And that was a result of them going long. So Limerick, it wasn't as obvious, you know, as it as it kind of had been. So you can forgive that. My idea is going short to a fella, you know, Anna Murphy's jumping into my head, like, and Limerick have a zone on it and he looks one way, he looks another way. Or, you know, I've seen Stephen O'Keefe doing it, Anthony Nash in with Cork and he put one out over the sideline in Crow Park and the whole crowd cheered, you know, desperate for this one to the half back line. Get the thing long if there's nothing on. It's All you're doing is spreading panic throughout your team. Um, get it as long as you can and the crowd won't cheer that you've put one over the line or that it's gone wrong or that you've, you know, there's a time to go short for me and that's a time when no, when a man's completely unmarked. Yeah, and and even, you know what they, they did the last day, which I thought was really good. They would give it to the cornerback. Cornerback turns and he goes, oh, there's two or three lads that are about to close me down. So they actually switch it to the fair cornerback or give it back to the keeper who sends it across. Like you'd see in soccer, who switch yeah. it from one fullback to the goalie to the fair fullback. Because Limerick shuttle across, and Kilkenny used to do that great as well. It just shuttle, everyone comes across. And actually, the far side of the field is, is probably left unattended a lot of the time. And I think Cork did that very, very well the last day. As you said then, it resulted them in, in, in Limerick saying, right, OK, we have to back up a little bit. Um, they knew that they didn't actually, they hadn't the proper swarm on that they had other days. And of course, Cork had a few turned over. But I think without you're not you can't play this game and get every one of them right. Uh, but they did enough to unsettle them. And I don't think I've 
seeing the Limerick backline less dominant from that uh, primary position as they were the other day. Yeah, that's a good point though. And that, like, I mean, that's really good pressure and you wonder sometimes how Kilkenny can have so many lads around the ball and stuff there are fellas free the other side because say say a wing back gets it his man's marking him the centre forward will go over and double up and then the wing forward on the other side will come into centre forward so there is a wing back on the other side free it's just how do you get it over there because they're you know they've all moved all moved across that's what Liverpool that's all the good press and soccer teams do that as well don't they Blitz, they drift yeah, absolutely absolute yeah. blitz and, as you, and then what we're saying then is the, the crowd are back so it's harder again if you're the team trying to avoid this blitz, because all of a sudden I can't hear my keeper telling me, "Calm down, relax, I'm yeah, here yeah. for you, baby." You know, I <laughs> can't. Like so, you're 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 kind of hoping to God you can see over these massive Limerick or Kilkenny lads and be able to pop a ball because um, it's a dangerous ball. Yeah, it's a dangerous ball going across. You see, and, and unless you're Paddy Deegan, well, he learned his lesson, I suppose, trying to give a ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like gave gave away the. Give away the penalty from that ball. But I, I was looking at Davy talking about Cody and it, it's funny the analysis of managers can change based on a big game. And look, I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. Everybody is. It's just, you know, like, for example, Brian Cody does, does question marks. Now, I, I'm not sure this was right, but we had a chat about it in, in January on the show here about, you know, there's pressure coming on him. You know, there was an article in the Examiner saying they're claiming to have inside information on the, an unhappy camp and, you know, joyless and um, all these kind of things. And then, you know, you go out and see Kilkenny against Wexford. Like, I mean, and none of that was evident. Like, I mean, Jesus, this this was a team playing for their manager and playing for Kilkenny like never before. So like Davey was saying, uh, people said to me, Brian Cody's time in in Kilkenny is up and we need some fresh blood. The biggest load of rubbish I've ever heard in my life. If Kilkenny people are thinking that, they need to have have another look at themselves. And I suppose after a win like that, now look, they could lose again after this, but (laughs) we could change our minds again. Who knows? Maybe we're being very reactive after every game, but like it looks like a very happy camp based off that game. Well, that's it. Uh, I mean, talk is cheap, really, and what what players say to the media and how happy they are and how unhappy they are, it's all talk is cheap. You only see by the actions on the field and never was there a ball let go, never was there a lost cause that wasn't gone after. So I I always have maintained, I think, Brian Coyle is getting the most out of the set of players that he has now. And I think he's starting to build up a panel again. You'd you Wally Walsh coming on the, the other day and I was saying to myself, how are Kilkenny going into a match without Wally Walsh because obviously we've all seen him at close quarters saying you know how he should be on the team and geez Killian Buckley have they really enough to leave off his experience but they had and of course Wally Walsh came on and did what he did but he's getting the most out of him as I said he's building that panel back up again but they have the same work rate as old. I think it took a couple of years um, of tough love probably and, 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 and kind of maybe showing that, that how hard you actually have to work and now they seem to have that spirit again. So I think he's doing exactly what he needs to do with that bunch. Now, TJ Reid is obviously, did somebody say he's nearly 34 now? Yeah. And like, that's unbelievable fitness. He was still swanning around an extra time. So, but obviously, who knows how long TJ Reid has left and he will leave a vacuum of quality there that I don't think they have they have to replace yet. But no, he's he's getting the most out of them. Look, people, it's a special, I don't know if it's a special GA or Irish, but they want change. And and it's like I often say when people say a certain young tip player, Jez, he's not any good and he might have played two or three championship games. They don't want to give anybody a chance or anything a chance. It's either you're brilliant 
or you're terrible. Yeah. And, uh, that's, I think we have a culture of that in GA. Yeah, no, I think we do. Like even, but even another thing in Brian Cody's favour, even the subs, the established subs, all came on and had no e- no egos, no attitudes. They came on and played. Like that's another big sign. You know, like Wally Walsh could have had a face on him or Killian Buckley. Mm. Now, you know, maybe not a face on them, but the impact they made. And that's a big thing to keep big name subs happy. He's able to do that as well. I'd say he's fair and I think from back down the years those two chaps you know Wally Walsh got his chance in the 2012 All-Ireland Final and, and he hadn't played a minute for Kilkenny before that ever yeah. maybe well, so was, yeah, All-Ireland. so what goes around comes around I suppose <laughs> in terms of some some established name was left off for him back then and I think they realised that but I, I would say like most good teams um, your culture is built on performance and what you've done in recent times. And I suppose those guys probably haven't lived up to their high standards over the last year and, and they're in the firing line. But um, no, they came on with A1 attitude and thing is, I'd say Wally Walsh could have nearly earned himself a start for the Leinster final. Yeah, no, it looks that way. Matty Kenny redeemed too. He's another manager. Imagine, like, I mean, uh, dead man walking coming up to this match. Like, I mean, I, I, I've been Corey given, toss. I've been given out about him for a year. You've, you've only kind of, you know, been accepting it kind of this year. And like, he's Jesus. Their performance again, playing, looked like a team playing for their manager. You know, no downing tools. Even when Connor Whelan got that goal, you think, no, there's only two in it now. Here we go. No. Absolutely not. It didn't go anywhere like you might have thought. I was, I, I couldn't really believe it, to be honest. Now, I thought, like, I did think Galway were exceptionally flat and even missing those scores early on, like, tension can really breed into it then now. But but, but that aside, it doesn't really matter. Dublin dominated them, really, in the physical exchanges. They, the, the big thing I thought about Dublin is they knew their style more than they had in the other matches. I thought against Antrim, I came on this and I said, yeah, I think that was a way better shove on than what they did Sutcliffe was hurling at the elite level that he, he's capable of and that continued into the last match we said here Jesse won't catch the balls he did the last day we said he'll be on Padraig Mannion he ate Padraig Mannion without salt now in fairness he, he gave him I've never seen Padraig Mannion maybe since he had to mark Callanan in a few years ago when Callanan got the hat-trick getting such a tough day at the office um, so he was in trouble Chris Crummy then again hands up I said no they need him in the half-back line and the reason it worked is their half-back line was good anyway without him. Yeah. So he was literally everywhere. He was just this bullock running, covering every blade of grass. I'd, I'd like to go back and see his stats of how many turnovers or even slowing down possessions he got because he was some leader up the field. And look, you do. There's no way around it. You need somebody up in the forward line who's going to carry the game for Galway, which he did now. But there were, there were exceptions. Donald Burke even. To me... I think he's a very good player, but I think he really stepped it up. And he, to me, he's like a kind of younger Noel McGrath in that he gets the ball, he picks the right option, he knows where to twist, and of course, he's he's very, very accurate. So, no, kudos to him. And um, I suppose apologies to Matty Kenny, is it? Oh, oh, definitely apologies to Matty Kenny. Quick one here, actually. Don Cusick on the Sunday game said that Ronan Hayes uh, he showed, you know, that the eye analysis, I always laugh when I see that. It's like a computer game as if you can't say, look, Ronan Hayes is looking here. You actually have to do the laser thing to actually, you know, <laughs> give you a visual of that. The fact he's looking like I mean, just saying it isn't enough. Do you like he seemed to be out there already? It's not like he went. I, I don't know. Maybe the camera didn't pick him going out, but he was looking around to maybe see Crummy coming on a charge. I'm not sure what to think, whether I was hoping Connell would be here today to say, is that something Dublin might have worked on? Like, do you know what I felt about it now at the time? Uh, I didn't look at Don Cusack's um, analysis of it. I just felt that was the first time they really won a ball in that position. You know, when you're you're inside the 21, 
but you're either side of the 14. Yeah. That position, I think it's the first time that happened. The Galway backs um, had played all their hurling out the field, outside the 21. There was no deep runner, really. I thought it was the first time that Crummy or Sutcliffe actually got through the middle and gambled and yeah, went. Yeah. And they completely switched off. And look, come here, to me, you get the ball in that situation. If you're not looking across the goals, then you're not an inter-county hurler. Like, you know? So he did, and it was a great ball across. But he, geez, if he had not seen him and just shot for, shot for a pint, I'd be saying that's some of the worst forward play you can do. Right, OK. But it was a sensational ball. So maybe, for example, Donald Burke sent centre forward, drift to the side and stick one across. So maybe I, I'm, I'm falling down on the, on the thinking, Ronan Hayes, you clear out, you clear the full back out of there. I'm starting to think maybe this was something that they might have discussed. Maybe they were discussed. Well, look, at, if you think back on Matty Kenny uh, when he was with Kula, he had Conor Callan playing in the 14. But he, I would say, never received a ball in the 14. Yeah. So it, it was always to the right or the left. I, I, I saw an awful lot of them play that time. And it was always out to the side. And of course, if you can pull the full back out of there and you have strong athletes coming through the centre, then you are going to cause a lot of hassle. And of course, Ronan Hayes always gives the danger that he'll take you on. So you can't actually sit too far back, back off him. You have to follow him. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. You have to go with him. He's powerful. If he gets around you, you're in trouble. So yeah, but, but it was funny. It was the first time they actually got into that position. And you know, it was probably, you know, without that goal, might have been an awful lot closer at the end. Yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant call. Another manager then that we, well, again, it's here's this common denominator here is me. I was talking up Shane O'Neill. I was comparing him to Jim Gavin last Thursday. And now, <laughs> and now after a terrible loss, and then I was reading like his championship record, played five, lost three, won two. Now he's lost against Kilkenny going in as favourites. He's lost against Dublin. No shame in losing to Limerick. They played well. And now I'm starting to doubt Shane O'Neill after one loss. What, what's going on here, Paddy? It's all over now for him. So where he was kind of humble and he was <laughs> yeah, yeah, playing. like a secret now he's assassin. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's uninspiring. To agree with that. <laughs> I, think, I think they'll just be so disappointed with with how they played. Like it was just now they hit a lot of wides, which says to you they had a lot of chances as well. You know, they they had a lot of chances. Yeah. So there's no getting away from that. Um, so it should have been a very close match. But regardless, did they play well? No, I'd say they'd be ultra disappointed with with some of the players like you know I mean Park Manning I've already said it and it's only because we hold him in such high esteem he's a great player didn't live up to his bill and Fintan Burke is a great young player didn't hurl well at all uh, and, and maybe Whelan was one of the only guys in the forward line that carried the can for a team like Concanon Jesus Christ I'm sick of building him up on this show and you know <laughs> didn't get anywhere near yeah. a ball which is says an awful lot for the Dublin backs and how brilliant they were but yeah, it's that's disappointing. I would, I suppose, I wouldn't like to be the team to play him in the qualifiers next. Now, well, shouldn't. Now, this is the real sign. If they have another bad performance, they actually haven't a clue where they're going. Yeah, yeah, they definitely. And is the Dahi Burke centre back thing? Like, I mean, he's persisting with this. How 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 did that go? Like, his distribution looks okay. Distribution's fine. It's always going to be a kind of a medium to short distance uh, distribution. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it wouldn't be the finest of strikers. Better than me now, but it wouldn't be the finest of strikers. Look, I, th- I still think Dahi Burke was fine. Garoa McInerney did fine for the most part. I don't think that was their problem, you see. So I don't, I, and like, it's not going to, if you don't hit a 50 50 ball to Dahi Burke, like that's when he's really at his best. Like you see Martin yeah. Allen or whoever in the start of the edge of the square. He's coming out like a train and he's so physical and he's pretty quick, good in the air. So that's where he's going to start dominating. But Dublin didn't really 
let them do that. And especially when you're going man-marking or playing him out the field, well, then you're not going to just lower puckouts down at half him in the top. And Dublin did a good job of that as well. They, they, they bunched in the middle, they broke to the side and they hit to space. And so you never saw the Galway backline really comfortable with what was going on in front of him. Yeah. Is that why they've moved him out to centre-back? Because no one's poking ball on top of him anymore and he can't do that inspirational stuff. Like if Tommy Doyle come in up on the show in part two and I'm going to ask him that question. He's in at full back and I'm sure he doesn't get the same opportunities to catch as before. That's it. They don't. They certainly don't. Um, and maybe they're... And looking at Dublin, like I would say Shane O'Neill comes across as a manager who is going to look at the other team and see, okay, this is our best way of playing against them. So I'd say he probably felt that Rob McInerney would be fine inside uh, when the ball wasn't going to be going in, that was going to be more short around the half back line, and and Dahi Burke is a centre back. But he's played there before. I I I actually think Dahi Burke doesn't look like the same player he did a couple of years ago. That's not to say I don't still think he's really really good. But I don't think he's the same phenom that he was in terms of literally throwing guys out of the way, getting the ball up, throwing another lad out of the way, and setting the whole team up. I, I do look. He's he did well, a lot of years. Yeah, he did. Football. He did well on Callan last year though, didn't he? In in the Gaelic runs. Yeah, he 100% did. But, but that was again, a fullback, Shane, yeah. he's probably not, and he's fullback, his more natural position. But I just still don't think, I still think even the Leinster final last year, the All-Ireland semi-final, in some times I'd say, geez, he's hanging in well there. Whereas before it was the guy he's isn't even getting near the ball. Whereas now he's kind of making last ditch flicks away and stuff like that. But I just see that, I don't think he's the same phenomenon. Like, what was he, three or four All-Stars in a row? Like, you know, yeah. unbelievable. Um, that sometimes, you know, you've played so much hurling that you just mightn't be at that level that you are. Well, that, well, like, I mean, he obviously would struggle against Limerick because they never give you a 50-50 ball and he thrives on 50-50 ball. That's what, he's an animal. Like, that's what he wins. That's what's, that's the brilliance of him and that's what get the cra- gets the crowd going. When that's taken out and now it's been given the advantage of the forward, you know, like, I mean, it's not easy mark forwards with space that are getting good ball for anyone. That's uh, horrible, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I actually think Cork did very well the last day in terms of, like, usually your half-back line just sits. I thought they man marked in a way or certainly kept the, really close and the wing back stage yeah. sitting back yeah and even I know I know King Lynch got on ball but there was a good few times he would have gotten more ball and Coleman was up his backside and showed a lot more grit than he'd usually show as a hurler he's more more classy but I think yeah Dahi Burke if they were to play Limerick maybe maybe it would suit him because he'd be on one of those big wing maybe they'd put him wing back and put him on one of those big boys um, and then you know, they're always going to get a certain amount of high balls out. So I think that actually probably wouldn't be the worst case scenario for them. Yeah, maybe maybe under a puck out. Come here, there's one big game. There was the big game of the weekend. There's plenty of big games for everybody. There's Joe McTonough Cup and there's Christy Ring and there's Laurie Marr and all sorts of games. But the big one this weekend is Antrim and Leash. It's in Parnell Park. Um, mm. Like, I mean, this is a ticket into the qualifiers to play Wexford, Cork, Galway, Waterford, a big glamour game. Or it's Joe McDonough Cup because it's it's doubling up on a Joe McDonough Cup relegation match. Like Paddy, I I'm like my heart would be broken genuinely for either of these two teams to have their arses landed back in the Joe McDonough after sampling the big stage. Leash having getting to an all and quarter final. Antrim after having a good league. I would feel less uh, sorry for yeah. Antrim if I'm being honest, and that's even if I'm trying <laughs> to well if I'm trying to pretend to be neutral because they've only come up. But Le- like Le- Leash, all Leash's progression would be gone out the window. It would. You'd wonder, ah, sure, look, you have to have your structures and, and all that in place and how many is in it. But you'd like, you'd nearly love to see that if a team was competing at the Liam McCarthy, that yeah. there's some sort of dispensation put in and say, right, 
okay, you're keeping within X amount of scores of a, of teams. You're obviously competing well. We keep you there. And now let's try and get another team up competing again. Um, yeah. But it is disappointing to see him go because I, I know it used to be like if you're playing Leash or you're playing Antrim, it was like, okay, it's gonna, how much are we going to beat him by? But now I think you actually have to plan to play these players. And they're getting a kind of a profile themselves. Like, I'm getting to know the Antrim lads, whereas I didn't, you know, yeah, perfectly yeah. honest. I wasn't watching the lower level matches before. And I can appreciate a lot of the skill they have. And I think, I feel sorry for them because they really underperformed the other, the other week against Dublin. Like, I, I really think there's a lot more in that team. Um, but we will see, like, Leash, it's difficult. They've been here before. I think they're trying to... Re- it's not a rebuild because you had some good stuff with Eddie Brennan, but like a new manager comes in, Cheddar is probably going back to some old lads he used to use and going back to an old style, whereas the players were playing for Eddie Brennan last year in a fairly successful style of play. So that's probably tough to get back yeah. um, to 11 playing field. But I think it's harsh on both. I, I, I think it's important for Antrim, though, being totally honest, really important because they're trying to get up to a level, whereas Leash are kind of bobbing away at a similar level for the last few years. So yeah. I'd love to see Antrim being able to see what it's like. It it like I don't know. I think I I think the relegation thing is a little bit cruel for the progression because you're not going how is Leisure Antrim going to progress by going down and winning a competition that they won pretty easily? Let's be honest. Now obviously you don't want to shut the door on a Westmead to come up into Leinster. It's hard to know what the, the answer to this is. Like Leinster have all, in fairness to the GA, they've already increased the teams in Leinster Championship from five to six. Um, and in their defence, both Leisha and Antrim were absolutely hammered out the gate. Now, you know, they seem to be freaky results. You think they're a bit better than that. It's hard to know what the solution is, though, but it's not going to help Antrim or Leash to go backwards now. It's not in any in any way. No, I don't think so. I think it would have to be maybe a little bit more fluid. Maybe if you get up that you get a minimum of two years up. I don't know. That's yeah. possibly a reach, you know, but at least it gives you that first year to be say, oh, that's the level, right? Okay, I can see what the level of fitness that guy was, the tactical, how, why it's important, you know, what Cheddar or Darren Gleeson are saying to me about this tiny, minuscule tactical change that he wants me to make to my game. And and until you get punished by that at a higher level, um, it, it, some people won't take it on board. Like, they don't. Like, uh, they won't take the, that on. So... I think they've done well to kind of make the the Joe McDonough and 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 Christy Ring and that you know to try and make competitive groups, but maybe just probably needs to be looked at again to see how can we bring those middle teams right up to the top because I don't think the Leashes and the Antrim are too far away from being very competitive, but how do we how do we push it on that extra? extra bit yeah and like I mean I'd, I'd even say this to Tommy Doyle next the, the other side of this is that if Alicia and Antrim doesn't go down and make the Joe McDonough Cup competitive how are those teams going to do you know going to progress because I see since they've gone to six and both Antrim and Leash are in the, the Leinster Championship you look at the Joe McDonough Cup Cup groups and it doesn't look it doesn't have the same I don't know I don't, I don't seem to have the same interest mm. in it as, as I maybe would have I yeah I wonder about the leagues, like when, when I started playing, it was about 08, 0678, you'd always play a couple of teams that were, you know, below below the level of the top guys. So yeah. you have bigger groups, you could have two groups, uh, but the top, the bottom two or three teams would be, you know, of a lower standard. So even if you had that, where they were getting that competitive action, and actually what happens is the top teams get a, a good chance to try out young players as well. So it's that that type of um, a mechanism, and so oh, yeah. everyone's kind of winning that way. I used to like, I used to really like that way. I got my chance against Leash. My first start in a league was against Leash, and and did fine. And it was, it was a good match. Like, 
So I'd wonder about something like that. And maybe for the championship, then you have to earn where you're going, but you still have to get that experience against the good teams and just playing tip or whoever Limerick in a challenge match. That's not really a true reflection of competitive action. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. Listen, it's, there's no easy solution to this. There's definitely no. not. There, like, I mean, it's, it's something you'd have sympathy um, for the GA on. How do you see this going, uh, Paddy? Like, it's a 50-50 game, really. Is it like there was four in it up um, in Antrim in the league? And that's not a league game involving Tip or whoever who mightn't really care. This was a game both teams wanted to win. So I don't know if that's any indication. They're both coming off terrible losses. Um, you know, 50-50? 50-50 match, definitely, because you back Antrim to win and if Leach beat him, you say, well, of course, they have lads playing at that higher level yeah. for the last few years and have actually got to an All-Ireland quarter-final, of course they win. Um, whereas, I, you know, I would have liked a lot of what I saw with Antrim in the league, whereas I saw Leach a couple of times and I didn't think they were set up. I didn't think they were as motivated uh, hurling as well. So just based on that, I'll probably say Antrim. But, like, again, I, very hard to pick between them. But Antrim really underperformed for me the last day. In terms of the Paddy Burke centre back didn't play like he did, um, knocked the midfield didn't play like he had before. He Malai didn't, score, didn't play. Yeah. yeah, McManus didn't have an influence at all the last day. Didn't work for Karen Clark up front. So I'm just basing on that that they didn't hurl at all. Um, no, maybe they weren't let hurl. Dublin were very good in the day, but I'd say there could be a kick in them this weekend. And look, I think Darren would be good to pick a team up as well. So uh, I'll just say Antrim. I think you're thinking of Norton. I think... Uh, Norton, sorry. Uh, I said Mac Norton, did I? No, you, McManus scored six from play off, off Liam Rush. So he definitely, he was one of the few that did play well. Oh, sorry. Not, yeah. Norton was the kind of disappointment a little bit, I think, in midfield. Because yeah. he had centre played... For, so, sorry. Yeah, he, not, well, Norton played centre forward or midfield. But he was yeah. midfield the last day and McManus was on, on Liam Rush and got six from play. They're the, they're the big ones. The, the Antrim midfield and McManus, for me, are they're the big dangers that Leach need yeah. to tie up. So whatever they can do um, to stop them, obviously Clark is very good up front as well. Right, Paddy, we'll leave it there. That's all we have time for. Um, we're going to come back here with Tommy Doyle next. All right, so Westmead are in Joe McDonough Cup action this weekend against Kildare and Tommy Doyle joins us on the show. How's it going, Tommy? Uh, good, not a bother now. Uh, looking forward to the weekend. Uh, took them last, last week against Carlo and um, Kildare, Kildare this weekend coming. So looking forward to it. Hopefully come out the right side of it. But uh, same for Kildare will be hoping the same. Yeah, exactly. Come here. So you drive a hard bargain here to get yourself on the show. You're, you, you have a club draw that you made sure that gets mentioned. <laughs> yeah, so look, I, I'm doing a good bit of work myself. Um, I'm part of it, so it's a it's a kitchen raffle draw for a, a kitchen that's worth up to thirty thousand in value. Um, it's it's an association with Derivar Design and Ninety Two North, who are uh, two uh, local companies. The Peter Collins, the guy that runs it, is is a club member of ours. So um, we're we're running a raffle for uh, yeah, it's a it's a brand new in frame bespoke design kitchen, whatever you want, furniture included. Um, up to 30,000 so it's a great prize and uh, tickets are 20 euros so if 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 anyone is would be obliging um, you can buy tickets on our website which is www.win30kkitchen.ie Very very good what are you going to buy with the money? Um, we're actually yeah so Lachlan Gale is my club so we're developing the, the facility in the ground we, we put in a new training pitch in the last couple of years and just just work on the grounds and um, very good underage coming up at the minute and hoping to just give the facilities there for, for the many members involved. So um, 
been a good bit of work. We ran we ran an Oscars fundraiser a few years ago, which was a great great bit of crack that got the the kind of development going. So we're we're hoping to finish off a few things and hopefully this raffle will help best we can. Very good, very good. I judge one of those Oscars things before. I was very, very uh very, very strict judge altogether. But they are good crack and they, like I mean you you definitely they're definitely um good at raising raising money. Come here, how's confidence going into Saturday, Tommy? Because like I mean, I always get interested about this. You're coming out of a bloody desperately hard division you know you had a great result against Waterford you know the other results probably didn't go that well like are you coming in like can you be confident after losing every game or how do you kind of discuss this as a panel yeah so like like a lot of people are saying I, I had a couple of phone calls after games and to be honest I felt like people are feeling having a bit of sympathy for us but look the, the mood in the camp has been good all year and we've done a good bit of work during the pandemic with a guy called Declan Coyle he's the author of the Green Platform and it's just it's kind of up to ourselves to make a choice look we want to be in Division 1 we're, we're delighted to be there and playing those top teams and like you wouldn't have noticed probably if you if you went down to train the Tuesday after some of these tough games you wouldn't notice that we we, we, we were beaten at the weekend and um, Cork was probably our toughest beaten I think we can see the seven or eight goals in that but if you came down to Tuesday, Tuesday for training Everyone was mad to go again and, and look forward to next week. So it was great to have games week on week. Uh, we probably hadn't time to dwell and, and worry about what happened last day. We're just looking forward to next day. So it's been good in that aspect, playing against the top, playing in high-intensity games and hopefully being able to bring that back to Joe McDonough. So look, we've enjoyed our time there. We still have one game to go to play a leash. And look, if, if we win that, we stay up and, and we, we, that's, that's our plan, hopefully. Well, that's it. And I think isn't that game before an Ireland semi-final or something? So that'll be a, a nice experience. Is that relegation match going to be before one of the Ireland semi-finals? Am I right in saying? Um, there, there is a preliminary, I think, fixture for that. Um, not too sure. It probably depend on how we go and Joe McDonough. So, um, and, and how Leash go next next weekend against yeah. Antrim. So we'll we'll see what's to come. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you're going back to in a, in a way, it's a big advantage that you're go, you're like you're go, you're in Joe McDonough. The sooner you get out of it, the better. I'm sure you're saying like you're stuck in it for three years. You lost the first two finals, you know, and then last year didn't go so well. I'll get into that with you in a minute. Like, I mean, after playing at that higher level, surely when you go back to Joe McDonough, you know, you you'd be hoping that your your speed, you know, your speed of thought and your your touch and all these things will will be at a, a good a really good level. Yeah, well, that's, look, that's it. You're, you're trying to take the best things from it, and I think the big thing is just to be, just to have that mental strength throughout it. I think, I think we've shown it so far. Um, look, at it, 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 the season is long, but I, I think we have, we have kept our heads throughout, and we've performed in games, and sometimes we haven't. So we've built on. We felt we've built on every game. Maybe the first game against Galway, we had 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and we started to struggle, and we probably extended that period of. How, how well we were going in games till, till the Limerick game, I think, when we went 50, 50 minutes that we were well in the game. So, look, we'd be hoping to bring that into Joe, to Joe McDonough. Um, we obviously did, Carlo gave us a tough battle last weekend and we struggled at times in that, but um, that, that is what you're aiming for, bring, bringing that intensity, bringing that high, high, high level of skill into Joe McDonough. And we're probably in a good position that we, we do get the advantage of that and we probably aren't facing into that Leinster Championship that Leach and Antrim have have had, but 
look, we want to get there and I think getting exposure to these games is the best way to learn. I don't know, I was talking to Paddy Stapleton about this just before, or in, in part one, and we're talking about the Joe McDonough Cup. I don't, I don't know about you, but did it feel like there was more interest in it nationally a couple of years ago? Like, did, did losing a good team out of it, you know, to put six in Leinster and five down into the Joe McDonough Cup, did, is this just me or did, did, have you noticed that yourself? Um, probably have noticed a small bit. Just, uh, I, I think the, the teams were so, so close to each other at that time. Now, Leash and Antrim have kicked, kicked on a bit. Um, Mead, Mead down are, are finding their way there this year. Yeah. And Mead were there last year as well, but they're, they're finding their feet in that. We were probably there a couple of years ago ourselves um, in, in finding ourselves in, in Joe McDonough. So just, I, I think when it was five teams, they were so close together. Maybe things have changed, but, th- but that's the way championships, that's the way structures change. Um, look, we're, we're still in, in the Joe McDonough. We haven't got out of it. We haven't deserved to get out of it at the minute. And um, u- until we win that, um, we won't. So hopefully... Yeah, exactly. Come here, what happened last year? So you were flying it before the, well, I won't say flying it, you're in that horrible Division 1, but you beat Carlo fairly well then in the relegation match to stay in Division 1. And I remember having Shane O'Brien on the show and talking to him, you know, things are going great. Then the pandemic happened and you came back from the lockdown and you lost your first two Joe McDonough Cup games really badly uh, at home to Kerry and beaten well by Antrim. And that your Joe McDonough was gone before it even started. Yeah, look, it was like a game of two halves, to be honest, last year. Um, so that the big gap in the middle of the pandemic probably didn't suit us. We we had some good performances in in the in the league and and ran some teams close and that. Yeah. And, and just having that big gap over the summer, a lot of lads went back to our clubs. We have a very competitive club championship here. And to be honest, I when I was going back in in October, November to train. I found it very difficult going back to play County Hurling after being beaten in a in a club semi final with my own club right. a week later being called into train and it just it, it just was a long year and all and it, it, it probably drained a lot of players and look I, Antrim were the better team throughout throughout the competition and, and deserved their, their to win McDonough and we had no answer for them then um, but we we've been conscious conscious of that this year just to to find that kind of mental strength we've done we've done a lot of work over Zoom calls and talking things out that we probably didn't do over the last summer. We probably relied a lot on doing a lot of training and, and stuff by ourselves and, and it, it broke lads down. And then, as I, as I mentioned before, the club championship was just disappointing for a lot for a lot of lads and going back a week later after that, it's very hard to play with lads that you, they've just been, they've just beaten you on the pitch. So <laughs> did find it difficult, but um we, we, we probably got what we deserved. So you kind of lost that bond together, the closeness, the interaction with each other and then became rivals rather than teammates. That's, that's probably it. And look, we're not the only county that, that ha- had the same structures, but I, I just felt we did, we did find it very hard. Me personally, I, I love going back to play a county, but it was probably one of the first years realising such a break off, such enjoyment with my own club back playing, being there for the very first training session of the year. And having thirty or forty lads down yeah. in in my in in the club hasn't been seen for us for for a long time. So it was just so enjoyable, and then just when it, it ended so quickly, it was so difficult. And then just be, getting a call, then we're county training on Tuesday or Thursday, and just just being deflated. But um, look, that's the way it is. It, it, it we couldn't do anything about a pandemic. 
we tried our best to keep things taken over the summer and, and probably went went overdrive and it it, it, it we didn't last the, last the pace till November. Yeah. Come here, you're a big traditional full back. Um like I mean how are you how are you finding the the way the game has is changing now? So we we were talking about Dahi Burke in the, in part 1 and you know 50-50 balls were his forte and you know they're they're your forte as well. Like I mean are you getting as many catches in a game or how are you adapting to that? It is look. It is difficult. The, the the new rules aren't helping any defenders in any way. And um, look, it, the 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 way the way hurling has changed. I I haven't haven't caught many balls in, in many games now. I've dropped a few, all right. But <laughs> it, you don't get the exposure of that long ball as much. Teams are a lot cleverer. They're they're finding ways to 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 break down defenses. And and it's it, some parts of it have have become a possession game and and probably afraid to. Hit that ball straight into the full forward line. So look, there there is changes in every, and it changes from week to week and on how teams prepare. Um, it has, as as mentioned before, it has been difficult for defenders. Forwards are so. I I think it's it's gone so physical and and in in regard to speed, players are so balanced now. And if you touch him, if you touch a man now at full speed, you're probably going to foul him. So it has become as difficult as ever to turn the ball over. So you've got you've probably got to win it. Out in front, but when the ball coming in is 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 more possession based, you don't get those fifty fifty battles as much as as maybe two three years ago. Yeah, at that point, you just you you've noticed the drying up pretty much in the last few years. Well, I don't know if it, if it's just me. Maybe teams are getting to to know that no, my strength is yeah yeah probably my height and size, so I don't get too many of them handy floating balls in as as, as much as so. Look, that's it. You just have to adapt your own game to it, and um, probably t- take the take the credit that you're you're probably getting respected by your opponents. That teams are trying to play around you, so you, you just try to adjust yourself and 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 hopefully do do the best you can do for your team. It's 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 not just about your individual performance. So just try to help the team the best you can if if you can't get into the game. I think Brian Corcoran. I did a tribute show with him over the lockdown, and he said that when he came back in two thousand and three, he 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 said, "I'm not playing centre back. They don't puck the ball to me at centre back anymore." So he's in playing club games, and he's completely out of the game. So he wanted to go to full forward just to be able to catch a few balls. Well, that's it exactly. That's that's it exactly. You you want to be where 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 the ball is going to land, and it, it does change from game to game, and even. Look, I know one of even one of the lads I used to look up to in my own club, Chris Murta, said he games games have changed and he went back playing junior hurling sometimes and and just it's 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 some difference with just the way the ball comes in and you just have to readjust yourself to it and and that's just that's just in club level so. Of course, county's going to go to another extreme. Yeah, well, at club level, they still let the ball go do the work because they're not fit enough to the, for the, for this running game. I saw on your Wikipedia you've scored one one. Maybe there's a potential for a full forward slot uh, sometime in the future. Yeah, I think I got that. I think I got that on my debut actually. So really, I was uh, roaming up the field from wing back. But uh, look, I played played forward in, in, with my club many a time uh, as probably that defensive forward you mentioned. You, 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 a lot, a lot of lads been talking about. So, it's, it's. I, I, I might uh, call on that some at some stage. Look, it's you, the forwards get the glory a lot. So, um, it'd be enjoyable to play a, a few games there. But look, enjoying hurling at the minute. I, I kind of changed myself out to centre back um, in the last couple of games. So, uh, a bit of freedom there as well. So, you, you probably heading that direction. 
from uh, full back to full forward, hopefully. Yeah, you're heading up that way. Cheddar Plunkett, I don't know if you listen to the show, he often raves about you. He's a big fan of, of yours. He he described you on the show as the best full back um, in the country at one point. And I think it wasn't not long after your performance against Jamie Callan, and, uh, I think it was 2017, where you played him down in Turles. Westmead were brilliant that day. And, you know, I think uh, Tipperary got a few scores towards the end. I think they won by nine in the end. But Jamie Callan got zero from play and he was taken off. So, like, I mean, I remember you got a good bit of national exposure after that. Like, did you notice the difference in playing well in a big game against a big team, you know, compared to obviously at the Joe McDonough Cup level? Yeah, look, it, it's every, every game you, you have a new challenge. And look, that probably hasn't helped me, Cheddar, talking so much about that if, because <laughs> teams are realising that you don't hit the ball into, into me. So, um, it... it you, you, you do get caught out on that but look Joe McDonough has a challenge as well the the, the level of hurlers at, at the minute in the competition the likes of Shane Conway Mikey Boyle from Kerry Conor McCann uh, was probably one of my toughest games last year with Antrim and you think he went on to win Joe McDonough player of the year so there's challenges every, in every corner hurling and look you're, you're finding those battles just as much in the Joe McDonough so um, they're the ones you relish and uh, hopefully coming out on top more often in the future, please God. What do you make of this new penalty rule? Uh, look, I, I, I kind of mentioned earlier, it, it is, it's, it's difficult for a defender. But when, when the game's just gone so high pace, what, what do you do? Do you, do, do, you, do you let someone kind of walk through for, for the goal? Look, there probably has been an issue over the past year of that. And look, we've used it as well. Of being cynical, we've probably been criticised for not being cynical enough and, and probably trying to play the ball too much. So they've had to change it in some way to, to help the forwards. But look, it, it, it's when, when the rule is probably implemented in a bit too much of a strict fashion, as you've probably seen at the weekend. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's very difficult. Like it's, 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 look, your, your job is, is to defend the goal and, and if, if you have to run alongside someone and just wait for the ball to pop out, it, it, it's so hard. So um, the guys seen it at the weekend, how, how difficult it is. Is it, on your, is it in your mind or are you still just going out playing the way you always did and you know you're hoping something like that doesn't come up or are, if, if you're tackling a man, like would it, would, would it be going through your mind during a game? Here, Jesus, I'm inside the 21 now, you know. Being honest, it, it, it hadn't until last weekend where <laughs> no. I would probably call for a foul call for a foul running back and I just heard someone mentioned black card and I was like, Oh and it was only in that moment I was like, Geez, I, I could be in a bit of trouble here. But it, it it's probably going to be more and more on your mind now seeing what what's happened over the weekend and look, it, it, these things can happen all in 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 kind of all rounds of rounds of hurling, and it was just it was probably amplified last weekend in in such a high 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 caliber game, and you just have to have it. You have to have it some way on your mind, and it, it it came to the fore last weekend for me, really. Yeah, no, I think that's going to be in everybody's minds after last weekend, especially where the foul was committed, or maybe because there's such controversy about last weekend that we never see that again. You might hope it's the it's the latter. Well, hopefully, it's just look. Hoping on 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 some kind of common sense level that the rules aren't imp- implemented as as strictly as maybe last weekend. We've probably seen in the first couple of rounds of the the league there was a lot about kind of handy freeze and the the amount of freezing games and it, it, look it kind of tailored off after that. So hopefully that's 
that's what will happen and it, it will be implemented a lot better for, for what it is as as when it's a clear as day probably all opportunity I think um, I'm going to let you go uh, Tommy because I know you're under pressure obviously the, the the game against Kildare this weekend I'm not going to ask you about that because it's not fair asking questions um, in, on the Thursday before a game but the Joe McDonough Cup final last year, last, last year was on the television the two years you played on it it was clashing with the Munster so that's an important uh, kind of you know improvement they've made on it um, Yeah look it, it doesn't to me look for my 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 opinion is look it doesn't really matter to me on TV coverage. I, I hopefully anyone that is close to me and and cares about Westmead Hurling is going to be in Crow Park if if we get to a Joe McDonough final. So look, it, 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 I don't think it worries too much on players that are going to play in the game. Um, obviously, it'd be nice to see it on on, on television on the highlights. When you, when you get to those games. But um, look, the atmosphere in, in Crow Park on the two days we did play there was was massive coming in with a Leinster crowd of uh, Kilkenny and Wexford coming into the ground near the end. Now, look, we weren't on, we, we didn't get out on top at that stage, but you're getting the exposure to those kind of hurling fans as well. And being in Crow Park, every player is kind of dream when, when they are a kid. So um, not much for complaints about the TV coverage. Look, t- TV are going to do do what what they like, but players just want to play in in in, in Crow Park and play on in front of those crowds. Yeah, exactly. Well, Camira won't keep you any longer, Tommy. Best of luck against Kildare at the weekend, and hopefully we'll see you back in Crow Park uh, for the final. Thanks very much. Cheers. Great stuff from Tommy Doyle. There, we'll be back on probably next Thursday because there's no matches on television this weekend, so we won't be doing a show on Monday. We'll be back next Thursday, and we'll preview the weekend's action then. So we'll talk to you then. Good luck. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do. No, we don't. A donkey is eating. A donkey is a palace. There's nothing else to eat. He was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, filth. But I burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs>